Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I am your host, Liz, and I am really happy to have you here. Today's a bit of a special episode because we are going to just take it a bit slower today. My past few days have been very different, and I will let you know why in a second. So I just wanted to start by saying a massive thank you to everyone that has reached out, whether it's via the comment section or messages on Instagram, messages over text, um, phone calls, video calls. It's all been really sweet, and it's even been like people who I've literally just met in the podcast community all the way to friends and family members. So it's just been really, really sweet, and just from the bottom of my heart, I just wanted to say a massive thank you. Before I get into this episode, I just wanted to share a letter that I had received two years ago from a really good friend of mine named Lee. And Lee, if you're listening, I love you. And I always love to keep this note near and dear. And I'm just a person that loves to keep cards and notes. So if you ever send me a card in the mail, I will probably keep it in this really fat bundle of cards that I have. But basically, this note starts out with a Bible verse. It's John 14, 1 to 2. It says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? So I received this letter from my friend Lee when I lost my grandfather two years ago, and it was my grandfather on my dad's side. It was the first loss in my family that I had experienced that was like a directly blood-related family member, and And it happened while I was abroad doing my master's in London and I had maybe settled into London like two months and I remember that I was out with friends and I got this call, well I got a text from my dad and I think he had basically said, you know, if you have some time I'd like to call and I kind of just had a gut feeling and so I stepped outside the bar to call him and that's when I got the news and I remember just breaking down, just absolutely breaking down outside of this bar and my friends shortly came out after and comforted me and the rest of that night was just an emotional roller coaster to say the least and that that death was kind of a tough one because I wasn't able to be with family and I it was something that I kind of had to navigate on my own in addition to kind of trying to navigate this master's program. Coping with the loss of a close friend or family member may be one of the hardest challenges that many of us will face. Research shows from the American Psychological Association that most people can recover from the loss of their own through the passage of time if they have social support and healthy habits. I can sit here and honestly tell you that I definitely did not have either of those in that situation and it's been something that I've been reflecting on as I'm currently going through the loss of another family member and just kind of reflecting on the habits that I chose as well as the social support that I turned to during that time. For starters, I was definitely in a very unhealthy, I probably very toxic relationship at the time and the person that I was seeing was just not supportive, was incredibly insensitive, especially on that night, and was just like bombarding me with messages that night is what I specifically remember about that night. And it was why it was such an emotional roller coaster of a night because I couldn't properly really realize what just happened because I was so distracted by everything around me. 
I will also say that it did not help that I was drinking that night and continued to drink afterwards as kind of a coping mechanism. I wouldn't say that I particularly would go out of my way to go and have multiple drinks when I was feeling sad about it, but I think it was a really good way to kind of mask my emotions and not face them. So whenever I kind of started to feel it, I would go and see if friends wanted to go get happy hour, go get drinks because I just wasn't ready to face my own emotions head on. I mean, I've spoken before about my feelings around alcohol and kind of my experiences with binge drinking. So that's kind of still something that I'm trying to navigate, especially with this recent experience of another family member passing. It was really, really important to me that I did not partake in drinking because I did not want to be tempted. And I think just in reflecting on this previous experience, it was something that I didn't want to experience again. I think I've been really learning how important it is to, number one, face your emotions and embrace them. So in experiencing a wide range of emotions, you can experience things like sadness, anger, exhaustion, and all of these feelings are normal, but it's important to recognize when you're feeling this way and if you feel stuck or overwhelmed by these emotions, it might be helpful to talk to someone about it that may help you cope with it better. The sadness typically diminishes in intensity as time passes, but grieving is an important process in order to overcome these feelings and continue to embrace the time that you had with your loved one. So for those of you who haven't heard my episode on running from your comfort zone, you wouldn't know that I come from a biracial background. And so over the past couple of weeks, my grandpa on my mom's side, he lives in or he lived in Beijing and he got a stomach ulcer and just got kind of sick. And he was basically in the ICU for the past two weeks or so. And just over time, I think it just got harder and harder. And I think it's just been a very emotional roller coaster, especially for my mom because of restrictions around the world with the pandemic. And so it's just been a very different experience to try and navigate these emotions, especially being at home and just having it be very real and very negative. Now, I don't, I don't, I think that's probably the best way that I can describe it is just that it's not really something that can kind of wait or you can kind of just, you know, allow for it it to happen when it happens. But it was, it's just been a different experience versus when I got this news when I was in England and I just kind of got to take it at my own pace versus in this situation, it's kind of just been a kind of touch and go type of thing and a lot of late nights and trying to get in touch with family members there. And so it's just been a very different process. But in both instances where my grandfathers had passed, they were quite different just because in the previous one, two years ago, my grandfather on my dad's side was in a nursing home near us. And it was kind of something that we kind of knew was coming and just his health was deteriorating. And I specifically remember the last time that I saw him before I left for London. And I just kind of had a gut feeling that I knew that this would be the last time. And frankly, it was probably one of the best conversations that I had with him because his memory was touch and go and just not very good. It was really hard to hold conversations with him and I would usually just kind of let him do most of the talking whenever I was visiting him. But this specific visit, I remember I went up to him and I was sitting with him listening to the 
person that was playing piano in the nursing home. And I was telling him, you know, grandpa, I'm leaving next week to London for a master's program. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, yeah, I know you're going to London. And he knew what I was talking about. And it was almost like a really awesome sign from God, I think, that he is here and he was in that moment with me and that he had always been in those moments with me no matter what. And with the loss of my most recent grandfather, that was really hard because I kind of felt like I was in a place where I was starting to really reconnect and build my relationship again with my grandparents in Beijing. Because I had been so busy between high school and college and then going abroad, I felt like you never want to be too busy for family, but sometimes that's just the case. And I think it was just a really hard loss this one specifically, just because I always told myself that I would go back to Beijing and, you know, just growing up in Guangzhou and having that background and always having them as a support system and always rooting me on. I think there was always a little part of me that felt quite guilty just because I wasn't going back and like my mom would make trips back and my brother would sometimes go with her. And I would always ask myself, why aren't you going on these trips? You should, you need to go see them. You never know what's going to happen. And then having this happen, was just heartbreaking because I think I think it's just really given me a perspective of just not waiting and not living with regrets either. I think that if I've learned anything from my ye and by the way, that's how you say grandpa in Chinese, I have really just learned about how kind he was and the empathy that he showed towards others and just how he worked very hard and just really never gave up. And I think that these are all qualities that I really want to embody and continue to strive towards. And I think in talking about my Yeye in this way of who he was and not who he was leading up to his death has been really important and really nice for my family and I. My friend Andrew, which if he's listening, hello. <laughs> but basically, we were having a conversation today about how important it is to talk about that person who just died and who they were and not who they were leading up to their death. I think it's really important to focus on what qualities that they had and just who they kind of were as a person throughout their life. And I think just in general, it's just been really important for me to talk out loud about the death of my loved one with friends and family just to help me understand what happened, but also just shed light and remember on who he was. And this just goes back to the point that really avoidance can lead to isolation and will definitely disrupt the healing process with your support system. And I think this was a mistake that I had made two years ago when I was dealing with the death of my first grandfather. And it just, it wasn't healthy for me in the end. And I feel that now that I'm just kind of talking out loud and really just talking about how great of a person he was and how wonderful of a man he was, it really helps in the healing process. Now, the American Psychological Association does advise you to share the death of a loved one with colleagues. And I think that that is still an area that I'm struggling with. I, and I think that this is very relatable to my latest episode around toxic productivity. I think that it just, for me as a woman especially, I have definitely shown emotion in workplaces, in school places before, and I have had male superiors tell me that that is a sign of weakness and that I should not do that. And so I think that I'm just a little bit, I'm just 
struggling a little bit around showing emotion and when is the right time to show emotion and I might just have to do a whole podcast episode on this but I have at this point not told my workplace at all and I've just continued with my workload which has actually been quite a lot this week and I've seen how work can be both a positive and a negative when dealing with the death of a loved one. So positive, it has been a really nice way to kind of escape and just focus on something else that isn't as emotional, I guess, if that makes sense. And it does kind of feel nice just progress-wise and just being someone that likes to check things off a list. It feels like I'm making progress in something versus I think loss can be something that takes takes a long amount of time to really grieve through and go through that grief process. And I think that it can be really easy to get frustrated in kind of being patient in that process and really taking each step along the way as it comes and really embracing the emotions that come with it. So that's why it's really important to take care of yourself and remember to take care of yourself. So even just beyond eating healthy and exercising, just getting plenty of sleep can really help in your physical and emotional health. The grieving process can really take a toll on someone's body and so I think it's important to not only check in with yourself but also with your loved ones and those around you just to kind of not only make sure that they're okay but also just make sure that they're doing really simple things to take care of themselves. I know how much I preach on this podcast about how much I love running and really utilize running to help me get through really tough times and to decompress after a really long day but I've actually found it quite hard to turn to running during this time and I've actually found myself turning away from exercise and so I think that that's also something really important to note is to listen to your body especially when it's going through periods of grief. I think it's important to remember that while loss is understood to be a natural part of life we can still be overcome by shock and confusion really leading to prolonged periods of sadness and depression and So these emotions can come in waves and sometimes you just need to process this quite differently. And it is a different type of sadness than say a heartbreak or losing a job. I just think that it takes a bit more time and it takes a lot more patience. So lastly, I just wanted to really emphasize the importance of reaching out and helping others deal with loss, whether that is people within your family or your friend group. Depending on the loss, I think it's important to spend time with those people people of the deceased and it really helps everyone cope. Whether it's sharing stories or listening to your loved one's favorite music, I think that these small efforts can really make a big difference and helping others has the added benefit of making you feel better as well. So for example, my family and I will be doing like a dinner next week that we just go somewhere and order all of his favorite foods and just really dedicate a dinner that's celebrating his life. I think for me, it's just also been a learning point in reaching out to others via social media. And I know that this won't be everyone's niche, but I know that I've just experienced a lot more love and just kindness in the past few days because I've been open about it on social media. And I think 
for some people, this is not their forte and it's just something that they want to deal with within their family. But I think it's not only helped me be open and just talk about it more as a normal thing, but it's also allowed for friends and friends that I've made via the podcast reach out with their own pieces of advice. And the other day, I actually shared a little questions box or a place where you could place different answers in on my story for the podcast Instagram. And I just wanted to share some of the advice that I got. So the first one was to deactivate. And I really love this one. And I know that this kind of contradicts what I just said, but I do think that it was really important to me to kind of deactivate a bit more than I would normally be engaged on social media. I think it's really important, like I've said, to take the time to spend with family and friends and just really help you grieve and properly kind of face your emotions. I think it's really important to really take the time and this can be in many different forms of things. I've actually found myself listening to TED Talks and just different podcast episodes around how you can properly deal with grief and how you can tackle it and in the waves that it comes day by day. And the other piece of advice that I had gotten from the story was that someone recommended texting that person who has passed. Um, They said, one thing that helps me is that I still text my friends who have passed, even though their numbers are obviously probably deactivated or not working. And I, I do see this. I see this as a very positive thing, but unfortunately my grandpa was he did not have his own texting phone number. Um, him and my nai which is grandma, shared a phone number. And so I have been texting her and in contact with her, which I think has been really nice for both of us. But in his kind of final days, my family and I actually had to say goodbye via voice note. As I was saying, due to the restrictions of the world at the moment and the global pandemic, it was just very impossible. And even with an emergency visa that my mom was trying to apply for, it was just a very long process. And I think we just kind of finally came to terms with the fact that this was how we were going to have to say goodbye, which was very hard. My mom was able to see my yeye one last time face-to-face via FaceTime and I think that was really good and I'm really glad that she was able to do that because I think that I mean out of all of us she really needed to properly say goodbye and even though we wanted her to be there to be able to do so unfortunately this was her only kind of option but even then previous to this FaceTime that my mom had with my yeye the doctors were saying that he couldn't open his eyes but then as soon as my mom had called out to him in the FaceTime, he did open his eyes and the doctor also said that when he listened to our voice notes that he did cry a bit and was able to nod and I think that at this point this was kind of the most that he could do in terms of just not really being able to speak or make sense of words at that point. I think that within this whole situation, I've just really learned how human we all are and that even our parents are human and just kind of watching my mom go through these emotions has been, as much as it's been hard. I am really glad that I've been able to be here and be here for her. I think just the biggest thing that I've learned and I'm continuing to learn is just how short life is. And this is going to sound so cheesy, but it was actually on the drawer of an Airbnb that I 
stayed in previously, but it's just that sometimes later becomes never. So if you love someone, tell them. Don't wait till tomorrow. Literally do it now. If you haven't spent time with someone, go and see them and, you know, do this as much as you can virtually given the current circumstances of our world. But I just think it's so important to not live with regret. And I think that this is something that my yeye definitely stood by. And it's just something that I wanted to share with you today. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it and found some heart in it. And if you connected with it in some way, if you have any questions or would just like to reach out, I am just at Liz Newcomer on Instagram and Twitter. And then the podcast is an Instagram. It's at Resiliency and Running. But I do hope to see you in the next episode. And if you are dealing with loss or the death of a loved one during this year and this pandemic. I just wanted to extend my deepest condolences to you and that I hope that you found some peace in listening to this episode. Bye!